Welcome to the Guardians of Grace podcast. Relax, you have found the right place. We're here to serve. Join us, holding to pure grace. Again, relax, join in with us. Listen on, be blessed. Defenders of Grace. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Guardians of Grace podcast. My name is Bill, and I'm here with the guard dog, Grace Guard Dog Steve. Yeah, amen, amen. Glad to be here. This is the blessing of my week, to be able to let the rivers of living water flow and flow and flow. We do the Guardians of Grace to minister to everybody, but the Guardians of Grace also ministers to us because we get so much scripture bottled up inside of us that you just want to explode. And all through the week, you you want to go off and share these Bible verses. And the Bible verses that are coming to you as you're driving down the road and you're just tying thoughts in together that they just keep coming at you no matter what you're doing, just these Bible thoughts and thoughts and thoughts. And this is our outlet. This is how we can express those thoughts. But to tell the truth, Bill, you and I could could do these thoughts 24-7 without ever opening a Bible. We could do eight podcasts a day if, if we had the editing crew and all the people that it would take to do eight podcasts a day. We hope to get there. If we could ever put down the plow and stop doing our day-to-day work and do ministry full-time, you'd be so blown away. We've got so much scripture to share, and we could do so many things if we could just be unshackled from these day-to-day jobs that we have. Literally, who will rescue us from that? We want to be rescued and set free into the kingdom of God. Into Isn't that what we were talking about last week, where the idea of free will, and I know that was a hard pill to swallow because it's so prevalent. Yeah, we're sorry about the bubbles being burst last week. We, we know it's a sensitive subject. It's a, a hot button subject. But we're hoping, you see, that not having free will is a good thing, not not a negative thing, because who actually does rescue you? Your human determination? No, that's what you tried and tried and tried through 2,000 years of the Mosaic Law, and that's what Paul said. I will to do good, but I know that nothing that can attain good dwells in me. I'm not holy enough in my human nature to to do the good that I will to do. I need somebody to rescue me. And that's what the focus of last week's podcast was on our need to be rescued from the sin that enslaves us so bad. That's what Romans 6 was telling us, that we've been 
freed from righteousness and enslaved to sin. But as we saw, thanks be to God in Romans 7, in Romans 6, thanks be to God that though we were slaves of sin, we were freed from sin and we can be freed from sin on a daily, hourly, minutely basis. Basis, that's it. <laughs> Could not think of the word. That's the, the Glad strong. to help. Yeah, basis. And it says we're set free by this form of teaching, or if you're a King James, this form of doctrine that was entrusted to you. And this doctrine, I think, is best summed up in Colossians 3, where it says, If then you've been raised with Christ, set your mind on things above. Yes. The if there is the E-I word, right? I. And in the Greek, I think it's the, there's a first class, second class. Third class. And third class. class conditional clause. Yes. Well, the first one, the first class, which this falls under, is actually better translated, if and you are. Since. Since. Since then you've been raised with Christ. Wait a minute. When was I raised with Christ? Well, that's what you need to focus on. That if then you've been raised with Christ, set your mind, right, on things above. Set your hearts on things above for you died and your life is hid with Christ and God. Put to death then whatever belongs to your earthly nature. So now when it says put to death then whatever belongs to your earthly nature, I always took that as get my free will involved and start making choices that I'm not going to do that. Is that what put to death your earthly nature means? Absolutely not. Even though I thought the exact same thing. I thought it was time to get get it in gear. Get it in gear. It's actually line up your thinking with the truth. The truth is what will set you free. And the truth is the old man of us died. The new man is Christ in us, the hope of glory. And that's what we depend on. Yes, yes. As me, long as we think we have a free will, like we talked about last week, we're going to do the Romans 7 again. Let me just interject. When The idea that when we died and we were seated with Christ in the heavenly realms, those are all eternal truths that we accept by faith. The Bible tells us those things. We definitely don't see them. Correct? We definitely do not see them, and we definitely did not experience those things. We accept those by faith. We believe in what the Bible says, and that's why we set our mind on things from above. Okay, go ahead. Which he just says, you died and your life is hid with Christ and God. Now, does it say your life will be with Christ and God? No, present tense. You accept that by faith. Your life is present tense, seated in heavenly places with God. In God's eyes. In God's eyes. Our life is right here in this studio. 
in our eyes. And we need to count it true. It, but we need to count what God said true, that we've been seated in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, that we can we say is true. And we live by faith, not by sight. Now, the, the guy that thinks he has a free will and makes choices is the old man of us. And what else are we supposed to take by faith? That he died. He failed. <laughs> he failed and died. He failed and died. Paid his debt. Our new life is not something we'll, in, way in the future, like right now it's bad, do the best you can, try not to sin, and then one day, you know, someday down the road you'll finally get to heaven. That to me was the gospel I live by. And so since seated in heavenly places wasn't a present tense reality, it was something I one day looked to in the future. In other words, the good news of that, and there was a little good news in there, at least going to heaven when I died, that did not carry my day when I had a tough, tough day. I actually had one of those really rough days yesterday actually and oh good don't tell us about it no i'm just kidding i'm so concerned bill i'm really concerned you care yeah i, I care okay I care. no we're just kidding we're just kidding of course i care i i just told my wife i'm just i felt like paul in romans 7 except i wasn't covening but i was just trying to get all the things done that I need to do. I was trying to, where am I going to get the money to pay this bill? And how am I going to get, I did this. Do I work on getting these people to pay me? Or do I work on getting this done so I don't get further behind? And, you know, Steve and I are in the pool leak detection business and it's been 40 and 50 degrees outside. So you can't get in a pool when it's 50 degrees outside. And do the things you need to do to stop leaks. It just physically not able to do it. So <laughs> I'm getting all wrapped up in it again. As Steve knows, my work was piling up on me. When the work's piling up on you, that means you're not bringing in money. You're just, but the bills don't stop with the cold weather. They keep going. So anyway, I, I just, I just was despaired and I actually was, like, who will rescue me from this? How do I get out of this? I couldn't do it. And my wife told me, why don't you meditate on the Psalms? You seem to really get a lot out of uh, reading the Psalms and meditating on them. And I just picked Psalm 18, and I had no idea this word was in there. But is it replete? <laughs> It is replete. Yeah. Once again, when Guardians of Grace says replete, they mean replete. replete. So what was what was Paul, and we're going to look at a Septuagint Old Testament. Okay. For Psalm that's 18. A, that's a Greek Old Testament. A Greek Old Testament, yeah. But I wanted to, the word Paul uses, it's either the last or second to last. Do you remember it? Where mm -hmm. Paul says... The thing I will to do, I 
don't do oh things. wretched man that I am who will set me free from this body of death and what was the answer thanks be to God through Jesus Christ that's Romans chapter 7 verses 20 and following and then he says therefore the law of the spirit of the life in Christ will one day when I get to heaven set me free from the body this body of death oh I look forward to that day <laughs> no I'm just kidding it's a, it, it doesn't says, say has that. set me free it says has set me free doesn't it say the same thing in Colossians? Your life is what? Hidden. One day will be? No. Your life, your source of life is present tense. Christ is your life through the Spirit. The word for who will rescue me, it, the Greek word is ruhamai. 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 I think we counted it up. Was it like seven or eight of them in uh, Psalm 18? In Psalm 18, I think we, we were going to see that it's replete, that there's seven or eight Ruhamite words, who will set me free words in Psalm 18. In Psalm 18, David is not writing about one day, someday, right? It's actually... Can you read uh, 18.1? Sure. I love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. That's the word ruhamai. My deliverer. Just like Paul said, who will well, deliver, deliver me from this body of death. This thing that has sin attached to it that Paul can't whip and as much as he's fought against it and he's asking God to whip it for him. Deliver. Ruhamai. Can you read 17? Yes. Okay. Psalm 18, verse 17. He delivered, past tense, he delivered me from my strong enemy. Isn't Paul going through an enemy in Romans 7? Yes. The sin guy? The sin guy is mastering Paul and he's asking be, to be delivered and he says thanks be to God just like these guys said. Thanks be to God who delivered me from my enemy. Can you read that again in night? Because I'm sure it's someday will deliver me. It is not. It's past tense. He already did it for the sons of Israel. What about 29? Verse 29. For by thee I can run upon a troop, and by my God I can leap over a wall. Now, I don't see any rescue word there, Bill. I, I just don't see it. If, if you're saying it's replete and it's there, I don't, I don't, I don't see it, Bill. What, what, it, it didn't say it. It's just, what's up? It, it is there in the Greek. You're reading a NASB. Who, how does he do? So, in other words, in the original language, it's there. The original language that you always look into 
that it's important to look at the original language. There you find it. And let's look at two more and then we'll, let's see if we can apply it to our life and what we've learned about free will. Okay. 43. Thou has past tense delivered me from the contentions of the people. Okay, so that clearly means someday in the, in the future past. he'll go get to heaven. And someday in the past there, Bill. Yeah, but my theology tells me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When the Bible says in the past there, Bill. <laughs> so my argument is with the word of God, not with. Yeah, who are you going to go with? I don't understand it, but it says, it says delivered in the past tense. Yes. How about 48? This one, he delivers me from my enemies. That's present tense. Wow. He's delivered at a point in time in the past with continued results. He's delivering me. Isn't that Which what is the, the same thing? Paul was saying in Romans 7, thanks be to God who delivers me day by day from my enemy, the sin guy, that I can't in my own determination defeat. He comes in and does it for me. And you see how all those were the Lord, the Lord, the Lord. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, the Lord, the Lord the Lord and in the Hebrew were those all capitalized lords yes especially in verse 1 yeah (laughs) and whenever you see Lord in all capitals it's that name that was given to Moses in Exodus 3 which is I am And this is so important. It's not, I will be, even though he is, he will be. It's not, I was, even though he was. This is what freed my mind yesterday when I was in despair. Seeing those as the Lord is my rescuer. The Lord is delivering me. The Lord has delivered me. The Lord is delivering me. I don't really need to be concerned about tomorrow because the I am of today will be the I am of tomorrow. Yeah, Bill, you're you're killing it because you're making me, it's just flooding in right now. What you're saying is on the day-by-day basis, he delivers me which is in the new covenant. He delivers me from the sin guy who overpowers me and takes me captive to do his will. Second Peter 2.24. I am of hu- the law of spiritual. I'm of human nature sold into bondage to this sin guy. And I can't break free in my strength, but God breaks free for me. This is showing that it's on a day-to-day basis. Paul is showing that it's on a day-to-day basis. We as Christians have to know that it's on a day-to-day basis. He rescues us and he sets us free from the sin guy who has what? 
enslaved us in the idea of God sovereignly giving you free will veils this biblical thought that we are enslaved in our own human nature and in our own human strength we are enslaved and it takes the spirit of God who is placed in us to do for us what we can't do for ourselves which is be free indeed if the sun sets you free you're free indeed Jesus came down and lived inside us to make us free indeed and if we depend on that spirit to make us free indeed then we can be free from embarrassing ourselves all day we can be free from living a mediocre Christian life, a lukewarm Christian life. We can have the exemplary life that we want, the exemplary Christian life that we want when we're depending on Jesus, but to depend on your will to do it and say this was a great gift from God when your will, like Paul said, I do the very thing I will not to do, and I don't do the thing that I will to do. Your will, Paul, in Romans 7, is trapped. It's captured. It's mastered. It's enslaved. That's why in Romans 6 it says, being set free, passive voice from sin and enslaved to God, enslaved to righteousness, it says. It says both of them, enslaved to righteousness and enslaved to God. Does that sound like free will? No, but does it sound like good news? Yes, because we got freed from the sin guy that embarrasses us and causes us not to walk the life that we want. But when we say, oh, I have a free will and go down that train of thought, that just brings us right down the train of thought of human effort. I've got to make the right choices and off I go on that treadmill, which is exactly what the adversary, Hasatan, wants. He wants us to believe that it's us in our own human strength relying on us in our own human strength because he can whip us. He can't whip the Spirit of God. So when we're crying out, Jesus who will set me free from this body of death. Thanks be to God, through Jesus, we are saying the truth of the matter, which the adversary does not want us to realize. The truth of the matter is it takes Christ in us, the hope of glory, to be set free. That's why in Psalms they were already saying, you're the deliverer, you're the deliverer, you're the deliverer, because I'm the slave, I'm the slave. Do you realize that's what they were saying there. I don't have the ability to get myself out of this situation. I'm enslaved in this situation, and I'm probably going to be killed unless you deliver me. Well, we are going to be embarrassed in the 21st century unless you deliver us. We are going to fall on our face. We are going to disappoint our spouse. We are going to disappoint our boss or the people around us, our friends, because we're enslaved to this Futility. God enslaved us to futility, not of our own will, but of the will of him who subjected us to futility. Romans 8. In hopes that we would be liberated from this bondage to decay. And it's probably the Rukumai. I think it is Rukumai. Rukumai. Um, Set free, liberated. Liberated, set free into the 
children of God, which means we're liberated from the flesh into the spirit. The child of God is a synonym for the spirit, the child of the devil or the child of human origin is synonym for the human nature. I'll give you another one. Natural man and the the spirit man. And I'll give you one that tripped me up for many, many years. And you probably know it. You've got to be a doer of the word, Bill. Oh, man. What a insane spin they put on doer of the and, word. Uh, well, wait, the, it's a Bible verse. Be the, a doer of the word. Yes. And the <laughs> scriptures clearly define what a doer of the word is. Well, before we get to that, what does a true doer have to remember? Isn't it the same thing Paul said? You were used to be slaves, but you obeyed from the heart this form of teaching? Yes. This form of teaching was about the natural man or the man of flesh. The doer looks into the mirror and does not forget what kind of person he is. The person who does what he doesn't want to do and doesn't do what he does want to do, what he wills to do. That's why he said, we hit it last week. (laughs) Made such an impact, I forgot it. Yeah. No, he said, always caring about us, the death of Christ, so the life of Christ can be manifested. We're not ever forgetting what type of lousy job the old man of us is at doing the word, right? Exactly. Doesn't he say, don't be a forgetful here? Exactly. Okay. I'm turning it back over to the the James guy. Oh, okay. Yeah, it says, the forgetful here who is not the doer looks at his natural face, or as James put it, the face of his birth the face of his human nature and walks away after that and forgets what kind of person he is in his human nature, James says. And in his human nature, he does what he doesn't want to do. He doesn't do what he does will to do. He does the exact opposite. He's in bondage to sin. He's been sold into slavery to sin. And he needs to be rescued on a day-to-day basis. Then he can become the doer because the person who rescues him on a day-to-day basis is none other than Jesus. And Jesus takes control of the reins and lives through you and speaks to people through you and ministers to people through you then you are the doer. When Christ in you is doing things through you, you are a doer. Not when you grit your teeth and do something kind for your next door neighbor. It's only when Christ in you does those things. Is that the perfect law that gives liberty? And is the perfect law that gives liberty the same as the law of the spirit of the life in Christ that sets you free? Two synonyms for saying the same thing, yes. And doesn't the law of the spirit of the life in Christ that set me free follow who will rescue me from this body of death? It tells you point blank that that dynamic will rescue you from your own 
limitations. And don't forget about it. Always carry around you the death of Christ. And never forget the natural man. Yes. And the idea you have a free will makes you forget. It blinds you to the fact that you have a human nature and a divine nature. And the human nature is not the doer of the word. The divine nature in you is the doer of the word. The human nature is not the shield. God said, I am your shield. God in us is the protector of us against the sin guy who dwells in our human nature. He protects us from that sin guy. He rescues us. He delivers us. The very word that we're trying to get a handle on in in Psalm 18, he delivers us. And if we put into the equation the idea of free will, we veil the idea that he delivers us because we think it's then by our choices or something. And we double down and grit our teeth and rededicate and all those things. We repent in all those things when the whole time is we should repent from thinking that we are the doer in understanding that Christ in us is the doer. That's what we need to repent from. The idea of saying, oh, you've got a free will veils the idea that we need to repent from trying to do the works in our own human nature. It veils the idea that our human nature is sold into bondage to sin. It veils the idea that you do what you don't want to do in your human strength. It veils all those ideas, and all those ideas are directly saying you don't have free will. You're very much enslaved to a very bad dude. And isn't it the same that the doer of the word, the doer of the word is the spirit, the natural man is the flesh, the natural man wants to do good, and Paul says, I wanted to do good. So the, the problem is not with his will, it's on the right thing. The problem with he, he doesn't have the ability in and of himself to stop doing it. And he also seems to be a forgetful hearer. That's a nice way of saying stupid. <laughs> I'm speaking about myself. I was stuck on stupid. So instead of learning that wretched man that I am, who, can, who will rescue me from this body of death, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, I learned it as better choices. Better choices, try harder, then... Then I came up with all kinds of methods that I was taught. One of them being an accountability partner. The only time the word accountability is used in the New Testament is in uh, Romans 3, I think. That's funny. That's funny. (laughs) The law was given to hold everyone accountable to sin. Yes. So the only thing you're held accountable to is sin. And it says... Hold accountable, right? And then right after that, it says to shut the mouth of every person. Right. It says the law held everybody accountable to shut their mouths from bragging on what they have done. What they willed to do. 
and the idea of free will veils the whole concept that the Bible is telling you about you can't do, you did not do what you are bragging about. And if anyone could brag about it, it was the Apostle Paul. He he says in Philippians 3, I was a Jew of the tribe of Benjamin. He was circumcised uh, on the eighth day of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews. It says, as to the law, faultless. He had zeal. Then he said, and he persecuted the church, stood up for the law, and said, forget about this depending on Christ stuff. We need to go back to the Mosaic law. But he says, as for keeping that law, I was faultless. But whatever was to my credit, I consider loss for the sake of knowing Christ. What's more, I consider everything, accountability partners, unshakable, unbreakables, all the arguments. arguments. He says, I consider it all a loss compared to the surpassing value. This is from a guy that kept the law, outwardly Mm -hmm. kept it. Blameless. Blameless. But whatever I, where was I? You were quoting. (laughs) But whatever was to my credit, my exemplary human effort righteousness, whatever was to my credit, I consider it loss for the sake of what? Knowing Christ, experiencing the spirit of the knowing Christ is the same thing as the law of the spirit of the life in Christ setting you free. You're experiencing that law of dynamics when you're experiencing Christ. You're knowing Christ and you're experiencing the law of the spirit setting you free. So he said, whatever I counted as credit, I count it loss for the sake of knowing Christ. Much more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing value of knowing, living by this law of the spirit of life and being set free from the, the other dynamic of the law of the, of the sin and death. He said, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing value of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord, for whose sake I've lost all things and consider them. The Greeks have a he- an mm-hmm. S word too, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. scubalon. Yeah. We'll go with dung. Yeah. Some even are politer and say rubbish. Yeah. Nothing good. No. But I consider it dung that I might gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes through what? Keeping the law. Keeping the law is your your willpower to follow the rules. And it says, don't do it. And you just don't do it. Yes. You resolve, you put, you set your free will like a flint towards not keeping that law. He says, I considered everything a loss compared to the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I've lost all things and consider them dung that I may gain Christ. I want to be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but through the faithfulness of Christ is my righteousness. Righteousness, remember, is doing everything right. Righteousness is faithfulness. Righteousness is, what's the other word? Being justified? Justified. Yeah. It's getting everything right. The law of the spirit of the life 
in Christ gets everything right. The law of me trying in my own will power, human effort to get it right gets how much right? None of it because you are enslaved to sin. And that's the veil that free will covers. But go on. Those that are in the flesh cannot please God. They're not even able to do so. Flesh doesn't mean always going to the bars or whatever we say. In the flesh means trying really hard in your human human effort, Mm -hmm. human strength. Trying really hard to keep the law. Trying really hard not to sin is in the flesh if you're doing if you're not doing it by the power of the spirit yes yes and that is what the adversary doesn't want you to realize he doesn't want you to realize that you don't have a free will that your will is in bondage to him that he has control over you and you're not strong enough to set yourself free he wants to keep that idea a secret because he can pummel you then he can't pummel you if you say who will rescue me let Jesus do it for me and let Jesus get in the ring with Hulk Hogan for you then he doesn't do so well but if he can veil your eyes to the idea that you're not strong enough to do it then you'll be foolish enough to try to do it. And he wins then. That's why he's put up this thing that just makes, I I see it all the time. Pastors just get up in the pulpit and exclaim at the top of their lungs, you have a free will and never, ever, ever pull up a Bible verse that says it. I'm telling everybody out there who listens to this podcast, just search your memory and you will not find a place in all your history as a Christian where you heard some pastor say you have a free will and then brought up the Bible verse to support it. It's always an absence of the Bible verses that support it because the Bible verses don't support it. They actually tell you, humanly speaking, you're in bondage and you need the Lord Jesus Christ to get you out of the trap that you're in. And that causes you to depend on Christ in you. And then the devil, his strength diminishes it. You remember the power of sin is the law. The power of sin is the human performance treadmill. That's where he can whip you and whip you bad and cause you to live a mediocre Christian life. One, five, 10, 15, 20 years into your Christian life, you're still doing no better because you're still relying on your choice to do better, which Paul said, I choose to do better. I can't do it though because sin is more powerful than me humanly speaking and that's what the adversary does not want you to know that's why the idea of you have free will is in every movie and all along it's just mentioned and mentioned and mentioned and mentioned and mentioned and never supported never supported never supported never supported mention some more mention some more 
until everybody just takes it for granted. Choices. Yeah. Do you realize what a uphill battle Bill and I have just picked? <laughs> Would you really need the gospel if you had a free will? No. I wouldn't have because I wanted, I willed to do the good things. Yes. If I could have done them, I, w- I wouldn't have needed to depend on the Spirit's life in me. Yes. But I did need this to depend on the Spirit of the life in me. And I did need to be set free from this. I Though I used to be slave to sin, I obeyed from the heart this form of teaching. I got my identity right. I got the idea that it was this treasure in jars of clay that was going to live the victorious life. I got the idea it was the law of the spirit or the dynamic of the spirit of the life in Christ that was going to set me free. If if I could just do it, I wouldn't need that. I would just do it. I would have done it. Amen. And so don't let this proclamation of free will blind your eyes to the fact that you need God in your life every day and that you just go running to him on your worst days because Hasekon does not want you to do that. If you don't do that, he's powerful over you and you are powerless under him. So we're going to close with just this one challenge to you, and that is rely on the Spirit and not your strength or your choices. Don't say, I'm choosing to do this, because you find yourself doing it. Paul says, I do what I don't want to do. And they say, well, you did it because you chose to do it. But you didn't choose to do it. Paul, in Romans 7, read Romans 7. Chose not to do it. You chose not to do it, but you did it anyway. And that is the essence of what free will veils. And that's how Satan gets away with murder. Murder. He gets away with so much just because of that veil, and we need to pull that veil off. In Christ, the veil is removed, 2 Corinthians 3. So I close. Do you want me to close us in prayer? Could you? Yeah, yeah. that'd be awesome. Father God, please, Lord, please allow the veil to be removed. Allow the people out there who are listening to this podcast to say the Bible is right. I am enslaved to futility. I do what Romans 7 says. I do the very thing I don't want to do and I don't do the very thing I do want to do and it's true. I am enslaved. That's what's causing me to do it because I wake up every morning saying I want to do the right thing today, God. I will to do the right thing today, God. I choose to do the right thing today, God. And you see yourself not doing it. Well, I say take the challenge and depend 
on God. And I say, Father God, you cause them to take the challenge to depend on you and cause them to be in the vine and see what it's like to bear the fruit of God in their lives. Father, I pray these things in your son's name. Amen. Amen. Thank Thank you, guys. guys. Good night. We love you. We love you.